Welcome to Prioritizing Yourself, the podcast. I'm Jen Parker. I'm an empowerment and mindset life coach, NLP practitioner, and qualified social worker. This podcast is to educate, inspire big-hearted women about the importance of prioritizing your self-care to improve your body, mind, and soul. Each week, we will talk all things that affect and influence big-hearted women. This podcast is proudly sponsored by my Action Takers membership, from taking you from feeling overwhelmed and giving away your power to learning all the tools to feel more in control and more inspired. Have a beautiful day. Episode of Prioritizing Yourself, I'm your host, Jen Parker. I'm so excited to have today's guest speaker on Prioritizing Yourself. I would like to welcome Amber Grace. Welcome. Thank you, Um, Jen. (laughs) Now, I'd like to just, um, Amber and I have known each other for most of this year. We've met through a group um, coaching um, business program and we have formed quite a strong connection. And Amber is... um, is absolutely amazing. She's um, very highly sought after as a life and mindset life coach, and she's the founder of Second Steps. And what I really love about Amber is her authenticity. She's got this real connection to people and she's, you know, she's got a little bit of cheekiness and she's fun and she's has been so helpful in my journey. So welcome, Amber. Thank you, Jen. And I'm just as excited to be here. I think, yeah, I, I'm so thrilled just to be a, a guest on your podcast. And by all means, yes, we have got a beautiful relationship, both personal and professional now, and I cherish that. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. So before we um, hear more about your business and how you actually support women, how did you prioritise yourself this morning? Ah, okay. Um, Look, Jen, I feel like I need to preface this question or the response at least with a statement to say that, you know, I haven't always prioritised myself like many women, um, particularly those who are natural carers or who work in a service-based role like I do. Um, For a long time, everyone else came before me. However, Today is a really good example of how I've prioritised myself because, Jen, as you probably know, I I service clients both here in Australia and internationally. And sometimes that means that I don't get to do a typical work day. I can often, due to time zones, be speaking to people at two o'clock in the morning. And the last couple of days, I have had appointments in the early hours of the morning. So I prioritized myself today by just giving myself permission uh, to have a bit of a sleep in, to start servicing clients a little bit later than usual. And that for me was just really me recognizing what it is that I need. And, you know, I was feeling quite fatigued and therefore feeling a little bit more vulnerable than usual. And so I knew that I just needed to step back a little bit. And so just giving myself time and space to do that and making sure that I've got a little bit of a lighter day today as well so that I've got a chance just to recover and recuperate. Mm. That's so beautiful because I think a lot of women can relate to this. 
when we're big hearted, we have a tendency to give a lot of our energy mm-hmm. and that's incredibly exhausting. Mm-hmm. So, you know, especially if we are, I think as women who are in the helping industries, we forget about ourselves. We're actually, I, I too also worked in, you know, the helping industries. And, and what happens is when we give, we're actually, we can burn ourselves out. So you listen to your body and you listen to those signs of what mm. you actually needed. So I, I, I think that is beautiful. So thank you so much for sharing about how you prioritized yourself today. That's really, really important. And maybe a reminder for the listeners that it's okay to slow down and take some time away from business or your job if you're feeling a little bit like you need that time. So thank you so much. So Amber, I really want to know a little bit more um, and and for the listeners as well, um, because obviously you and I are very similar in terms of we're both coaches, but we offer very different, you know, we both offer different approaches. So Mm -hmm. I would really like to know how you support your clients on their journey yeah absolutely um so look I guess Jen for me um you know I see myself as somebody who walks the path of change alongside women so for me it's about helping women to really assess where they are currently helping them to identify where they really want to be and then just giving them the time, the space, the knowledge and the tools to actually get there. So I really feel that women play an incredibly important role in society. But often this actually gets very blurred by the roles that they think that they have to play in their personal life. We expect a lot from women. You know, we want them to be amazing parental figures. We want them to have successful careers. We want them to look and act a certain way. We want them to be loving partners and warm and compassionate friends. And all of this, as you said before, it can be extremely overwhelming. So for me, the most important role that I can have in any woman's life is just to facilitate that time and space for them to just be to get to know themselves and what they want and to allow them to get there in their own time, in their own way. Oh my gosh, that's so powerful. And I'm very much into how women have been conditioned to be, you know, we, we've got to hold it together. We've mm-hmm. got to, you know, look after the family we've got to do all of these things and it can feel really exhausting from all of the conditioning of being this nice girl and the people pleaser because we don't want to upset you know this person in the family or we don't want to upset this person so it's best that we don't say anything because you know that would be not what a nice girl does Mm. you know Mm. nice girls don't say that and so when we have modalities and people who can really show women that what you're going through you know really providing the space there's something powerful about providing space 
and not going to, there's so many times where people are just wanting someone to listen to them and you fully are there, you're fully like really listening Mm -hmm. and then really being attuned to, okay, what do you want to do about it? Mm. You know, what are you prepared to do? And a lot of the time, it's not that we're finding, you know, people go, you know, I want to find myself. You are already there, beautiful souls. Mm. Let's get rid of all of the conditioning that you have been exposed to within your life. So then you can find that true, beautiful, you know, shining, beaming light. And that is, you know, that's what I'm hearing. You know, you're a catalyst of change. You're the facilitator of change. You know, we're we're very similar in terms of we're facilitating change for women who Mm -hmm. have led to believe that I've got to do things a certain way because that's what I was told. Mm. I don't want to upset my boss. I don't want to upset this person, you know, because that's not what good girls do. So, yeah, powerful and completely, you know. (laughs) Agree. Yes. And and common as well. And I think sometimes it's really nice to hear that, you know, you're actually not alone in that experience. I mean, I know even myself, I've had moments in life where I've, you know, done something that I haven't really wanted to or haven't really felt like doing because I don't want to disappoint someone. And it is such a common, very universal experience for women. And I think just being able to acknowledge that sometimes, um, you know, can take away a little bit of that. There's something wrong with me. You know, there's something going on with me. There's something that I'm not doing right. Yeah. Um, And so it takes away from some of the pressure that I think that women put on themselves. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm interested to know, Amber, you know, about your journey. So, you know, now, because we, we've we all got a journey, we've all experienced, you know, uh, times within our life that has led us to our higher, truer selves, or maybe we're going through a transition where we don't feel like we are living our true, authentic selves, and that can be really difficult. So, I would really love to hear from, you know, we know that, you know, where you are now, but, you know, who did you used to be before becoming a coach? Yeah, absolutely. I almost feel like saying to you, how much time do we have? (laughs) I think I I say that to a lot of people when they sort of start to ask me a little bit about my life experience, my journey. Um, But no, in all all seriousness, Jen, there's two things I know for sure about my journey. The first one is that I'm a natural born helper. Um, I think I could just about give Quentin Tarantino a new um, title for a movie there, but I am a natural born helper. Secondly, life hasn't always been kind to me. On many occasions, I've questioned, you know, how much more can I take? Why me? Um, But I've come to know that every single challenge that I've faced has led me to where I am now. And it's a pretty magical place to be. But let me take you back a little bit. I actually grew up in the suburbs of Adelaide and I'm one of four girls and I've got no brothers. So being around and getting to know all the different facets of women was something that I just couldn't avoid. It was was there present with me all the time. 
Believe it or not, my desire to help people actually had its origins in an unhelpful coping strategy. So from very early on, I struggled with perfectionism and thoughts of not being good enough. And I tried to prove myself and my worth to people by helping. So you name it, Jen, cooking, cleaning, consoling, I did everything possible to try and show people how flawless I actually was. So of course, it's long since been resolved, but it's interesting how something that was once so detrimental in my life became something that I was able to do, but with more purpose and intention. So from Adelaide, I moved up to beautiful Brisbane and it was a chance just to take on a job that I desperately wanted um, in learning and development. And it was a very short lived experience because work decided to relocate me to the not so sunny Melbourne after about six or seven months. And so I found myself on a plane and starting a new life um, here in Victoria. And between work and leisure, I really spent much of my 30s traveling the world. And I compare this lack of grounding, you know, this idea that I really just didn't actually have my roots anywhere permanently um, with the direction that my life was taking at the time. So I was battling mental health issues, disordered eating, severe burnout. And after eight years of working for this same company, I was just forced to give it all up. I'd become too unwell to work. I was too unwell to function. And for a very long time, I simply existed. But my story is not all doom and gloom because it let me do a lot of self-discovery and a lot of inner healing. I had amazing support and I was able to really connect with my true calling. And had I not, I wouldn't be doing what I love today. So in a way, I'm grateful that I've walked a bit of a rocky path and I'm grateful that I get to live my dream life every single day. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing about, you know, what you have experienced. And I think so many people can relate to experiencing, you know, having a mental um, diagnosis where they feel so overwhelmed and all of these things of, you know, I think a lot of people, when you were talking in the beginning about being the helper, and I saw this a lot when I did social work and prior to that community work, I found a lot of people were drawn to those industries because they had beautiful big hearts, but they were the rescuers. And sometimes we unintentionally, we've been conditioned to be the rescuers because we're getting, um, we're getting re we're getting like an external validation of, Hey, you know, good job. Um, yeah. Or, you know, so it takes, sometimes we've got to really be mindful that it's good to be always give out, you know, be helping but not to the detriment of yourself mm. because when we are doing the rescuer, like if we're rescuing people and we're in situations or let's say we could be um, in relationships that are not um, supportive or healthy and 
we feel that we've got to save and I'm putting that in inverted commas, we feel like we've got to save the other person because, you know, they're going through so much. And it feels like sometimes um, when you could be seen as the rescuer, you have this tendency to always just jump in quickly Mm. and, you know, get things done. And so it's just being mindful, okay, because relationships are a two-way street, aren't they? You know, like yeah. they're not something where when it's like that whole piece of conditional and unconditional love, mm. sometimes when we're big-hearted, you know, and we've, we feel like we don't have, we've lost the love we have with ourselves and we could be in, I know we've sort of taken a bit of a tangent, um, we can sometimes be in situations where we're seeking love and validation that is not supportive. So it's just really important for our listeners to understand that if you find that you are a rescuer, it's just been the, the always it's starting with you first, mm. that you are enough. And that's obviously why sometimes we need to, start that self-development journey and a lot of the time to get to our higher self we have gone through experiences at the time that were that were horrible yeah do you agree with that like we Mm. go through Mm -hmm. these things and 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 it's not nice and it's horrible and and we just think oh you know why is this happening to me you Mm. know Mm -hmm. it can feel Mm -hmm. a little bit like that and Mm. If people are sort of listening and going, you know, I'm going through an experience like that myself and would you give people anything that really helped to support you starting to create shifts in your mindset when you were, you know, from that sort of more of that rescuer and that helper to now helping people in a completely different, so different, but you're still so impact. You're, what you do now in terms of the support you provide to your coaching clients is so transformative, but you're not compromising who you are. So obviously like there's so many stages, but what was, what was one of the first things that really helped you to start creating a shift in your mindset? Mm. Um, Yeah, I think such an important topic and and Jen gosh we could probably even do a whole nother podcast on this but um yeah I think you know in those initial stages um first of all just that awareness you know if you're starting to notice mm, hang on you know I'm getting a bit lost in all of this yeah that that people are getting the best of me but I don't know how much longer I can keep showing up as my best self. Um, You know, that awareness is really important and that acknowledgement. And then I think, you know, for me, one of the most profound, um, I guess, aspects of, of my journey was communication being able to speak, you know, what was true for me, being able to talk about what my experiences were. And, and, and in doing so, 
being completely surprised, really blown away by the reciprocity. And it's interesting because we can quite often keep some of our struggles, some of our challenges, you know, to ourselves. And I really say that often that's to our own detriment. Um, because when we do open up about what it is that we're experiencing, what we'd like to explore more, um, what we'd like to maybe change, whether it's thoughts or feelings or how we're acting or how we're responding, um, you know, there's this opportunity to, like you said, have that dialogue where you've got the other person who actually feels more comfortable and more confident to actually open up about their experiences too. And I'm certainly not suggesting that anybody head into any form of codependent relationship, but to be able to communicate and to be able to dialogue, I think takes off so much of the weight because we hold on so tightly to some of the difficulties that we're experiencing that it almost creates a stiffness within our bodies, you know? Mm. And when we can finally actually just reveal, even if it's just snippets at a time, um, you know, it just lets go of some of that tightness and, and that grip and that grasping. And it opens you up to just be able to accept support, accept, you know, um, new ways of doing things, accept new learnings, accept new possibilities, new opportunities. So that for me was probably the most profound, you know, impact in terms of shifting my mindset, just being able to open up and then being able to absorb, you know, the, the potential for a, a new beginning. Yeah. Mm, yeah. There's something powerful about being vulnerable. Mm and being open and mm. we can when we start coming from a place of vulnerability and start sharing about our experiences and not come that's why women's circles are really helpful because it's it's not minimizing an experience that a woman is going through or you know trying to stop her crying it's hearing her being fully present and Sometimes we don't feel as women we can be open and vulnerable, that we've got to be strong, we've got to be there for our kids, we've got to be there for our family, we've got to be, we've just got to get it done. And sometimes yeah. that's actually more of that masculine energy coming through as well. So when we start being open and being vulnerable and start telling people this is my experience, it normalizes what we're going through. Oh my gosh, we can sometimes feel so alone and isolated. And then we go, oh my gosh, you feel the same way. When you start opening it up yeah. and people, you know, go, oh my gosh, I feel the same way. You know, sometimes, for example, when you're going from that transition from, you know, being a woman to a mum, there's a huge transition. You feel like you're the only one who's going through these feelings like it's so overwhelming. And then you start talking to other mums on the conversation of what they're going through, not the conversation of, you know, 
the milestones of your children, but you know, what's happening to you? Wow, that that's what I'm going through. I feel like that too. Or I'm not going through that, but I'm going to hold space for you. Is that what you want me to do? So yeah. And and I think this I think we we are going through a bit of a transition with our society at the moment that coming together and being open and vulnerable is actually your superpower. People are seeing that actually that's so it's so important because like I was in an industry of, you know, a highly a, a profession of doing social work and I do agree, you know, you've got to, you know, obviously hold it together, but we we could have I felt like the vulnerability wasn't there. The vulnerability wasn't there because that's how we were told not to do things, right? But now there's so much research and people will go, oh my gosh, you're vulnerable, but it's understanding you're being vulnerable, but you've come through. So how you, you know, people listening to your story, Amber, and going, you know, I this this sounds like me. And I can just start having that awareness because to create any change, we have to be aware of what it is and start noticing, hey. Yeah. 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 And, you know, you talk about like women's circles and I know that you've got, um, you know, your Facebook group, you've got your membership. And, you know, sometimes it's something like that that can be a first step for someone um you know because not always are we going to put our hand up and say i need to book in you know life coaching sessions or i need to you know go on a whole empowerment journey but just doing something simple such as you know joining a group or a a membership or a you know whatever it might be where you can start connecting with women who will just you know hold that space for you who will just listen non-judgmentally and who will more than likely share their own experiences with you and everyone probably at different stages in their journey and therefore you know we start to kind of connect learn grow um, from these sort of you know connections and, and conversations and you're right you know the pandemic if it's taught us anything it's that when we become isolated we miss being connected with people so mm, to take that so opportunity um, to, you know, just really connect with other women, um, yeah, I, I think is such a, an antidote to, you know, this, this experience of uncertainty and, and change and challenge that we're all kind of been thrusted into, I guess, over the last, you know, 24 months. So, yeah, I think, you know, you raise a really important point in terms of connection. Yeah. And I'm all for connection. And I think connection is something like with everything that's happening in the world, especially, you know, you're down in Melbourne and, you know, Sydney, you know, having people physically isolated from those they loved had huge effects on people's emotional and mental health, Mm. as well as their spiritual health, as well as their physical health. And so, in those situations where people might be saying, I can't physically go and connect with people, then more important than ever to increase your self-care and increase your connection, 
even if you're uh, an introvert, because I mm. would say that I, you know, I, I'm a little bit of an extrovert, but I also recharge on my own as well. I think it's just really important if you are if you are in those situations where you're in Sydney or you're down south or you're anywhere in the world where you are staying home and you're not connecting with people as much as you used to look at ways how you can connect in different ways and sometimes we're like oh but I'm just having a really bad day or we can sort of get caught in our bedtime excuses you know the blame excuse excuse or denial and you know we all have been there we still like I still have those that you have someone who's just going to be almost like your accountability buddy and say um, I'm going to check in on you can you check on on me or whatever you know so if you are in those states where that's affected increase your self-care more than anything and mm. connection is such a it's it's one of the most important things of human survival and it's my top value but I know like people sort of what does connection mean so like what does connection mean to you Amber like because it, it means different things to different people how would you interpret connection to like what does it mean for you yeah um so connection for me is sharing a space and Yeah, so connection for me is really about just holding space and that space changes sometimes. It's great to think about connection as being, you know, physically present with people, having hugs and, you know, conversations face to face. But connection can also be done virtually. And, you know, I think about our relationship, Jen, we live in two different states, so we don't get to see each other. Yet we remain connected, you know, through the online space. Um, yeah, and it's it's really about holding, you know, that space, however you or whatever dynamic it might be. Mm. And that, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so those um, listeners, um, Amber and I regularly do virtual meetups. <laughs> Uh, through Zoom quite often, but we've never physically met, but we're very close. And it's really interesting that now with technology, we can, you know, we can use it as an aid to connect in the right way. Like, because, you know, talking about like social media, that's something like that's a whole Pandora's box. But I wouldn't like the technology you know, 10 years ago or 20 years ago, it would have made it more difficult to have these true connections with people. People, you know, we were sort of more connected with the physical. So it's just understanding that there is always, when there's always a challenge, there is always an opportunity. 
So if you're sort of going, look, I can't physically get out or whatever, what connections can you make on the online space or what, or who, what programs can you join that are going to be going through, you know, you know, if you're a business owner, you know, joining online, you know, communities is, you know, is so helpful because it really, you're connecting with people who are very like-minded. So it's finding your people, so to speak, isn't it? Like finding your tribe, creating your tribe. And, you know, it sounds like when you're talking about connection, it's really, I'm hearing words of holding space, you know, things grow, things change and really sort of allowing that. And so everyone's going to have a different interpretation of what connection means to them yes. and how they, and, and also how they value that. And yeah. when we get down to really what connection is, they might say, well, connection to me is my, my family. My family is how I connect, or there could be something else. So it's such a broad term and I've heard a lot of people talking about connection as also one of their top values and if you've been you know listening to the podcast for a while you would know that this is like my whole business is around this piece of connection like it's how I integrate it in everything and I talk about so when we talk when I talk about connection and I talk about the first person you ever need to connect with the very first person and the most important person in your life beautiful ladies Mm -hmm. is yourself Uh because we can look externally or we can go into the blame or we can go into all of these things that this person did the wrong thing by me but when we start connecting on a deeper level with who we are as people and know hey this is what I'm worth like stuff happens. You start actually, one, raising your vibrational frequency. And maybe we can talk about that on another podcast because that, you know, might be a bit foreign for other people to go, what does that mean? You're raising your vibrational frequency. You are showing people how you want to be respected by how you're modeling that yourself. So if we're modeling, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to my, like, I've got a meditation room. I'm going to go to my meditation room and just lie down and do my, my meditation. Like people are starting to watch you of how you treat yourself. So if you want people to treat you with more respect, because the world is a mirror, connect with yourself first and start giving yourself some love and appreciation, some kindness And then you'll be able to start thinking about other people. Or you might go, you know what, that person's not in the same wavelength and that's okay too. Do you sort of, do you sort of agree with that as well? Yeah. Yeah. Look, I find it interesting. We've we've done a whole 360 here because I think you started off this podcast episode by asking me, you know, how do I prioritize myself? And, um, you know, in, in that in itself, you know, self-connection is, is so important, just getting to know yourself. How do you show up authentically? How do you show up as the person that you want to be, um, you know, unless you have a connection with yourself? And, yeah, I completely agree that, um, yeah, you, you really 
can't connect with others on as deep a level unless you've really connected with yourself. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's such a, it's not a tick and flick um, sheet. No. As I say, it's sort of something that is lifelong Mm. where it's lifelong, you you know, continually learning, growing and expanding. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh, I've, I've loved talking to you today, Amber. It's been, it's always amazing. And being able to share that with our listeners today mm. and really about what you do and about, you know, the, the piece of, you know, self-connection and about your journey and, you know, vulnerability and being open. And, yeah, I, I've absolutely enjoyed it. It's been absolutely epic. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me as a guest. You do such incredible work with women. And, you know, it was an absolute privilege to, to be a guest on your show. And I've absolutely loved just having this conversation with you. And, yeah, I hope that your your listeners are able to take from it what they, they need at this point in time as well. Yeah. Mm, absolutely. And people hear and listen, um, hear and see what they're ready to hear and see. Mm. So sometimes we sort of have to go back to things several times or hundreds of times and we will hear something when we're ready to as well. So, yeah, yeah. thank you. Now for people who are wanting to know a little bit more where to find you, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you, Amber? Yeah, absolutely. So my business is Second Steps and Second Steps, I, I help women basically transition from a life of circumstance and necessity to having more confidence, clarity, more balance, more purpose so that they can actually live more of their ideal or dream life. And so if anyone wants to make contact with me, um, they can do so via the website, which is secondsteps.com.au. Beautiful. And what we'll do for the listeners is we will have all the links to on the show notes of your website and social so people can start following you and know a little bit more about your journey and how you can sort of support women. So that brings us to the end of another episode of Prioritizing Yourself. I'm your host, Jen Parker. And if you hear this podcast, I would love a five-star review. Please feel free to connect with me on Instagram on Real Vision Life Coaching. Thank you again, everyone. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Prioritizing Yourself. Please subscribe to my podcast so you can hear the latest episodes. And if you would like to learn more about me, visit my website, www.realvisionlifecoaching.com.au. Bye for now.